Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. In our household, we worship the Holy Trinity, Father of all of us, His Son, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I share music with you that uh, He inspires through me to help empower you to find happiness from within. That is our mission here at Move Happy. We service uh, the population of people with depression, depressed states, um, their family members and friends. Um, Consider this podcast as an extension tool of your mental health resources, Um, another tool in the toolbox, if you will. So this morning, uh, very early in the morning, I was uh, getting ready and having my coffee and whatnot, and the Father whispered to me, I'm going to give you a topic uh, while I was reading my scriptures. Um, he said, I'm going to give you your topic after you get ready today. So I am uh, just got cleaned up and whatnot and uh, don't have my makeup on yet, so I might, I might do that while I record this. Um, uh, the, the topic is called Unconditional Love and... Um, He desires for me to read a a portion of John for you, and then I think he'll he'll guide the rest. So starting in John chapter 14, verse 5, in my Bible, in the NIV translation, it says, Jesus, the way to the Father, right before that. So here we go. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe me on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. All right, keep reading. He says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. Verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. 
Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by the Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away, and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come, now, let us leave. Unconditional love. The Father loved you so much that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to bear all of your sins, all of the mistakes you've ever made in the past, you're currently making perhaps any mistakes you would make in the future. He, he carried all of that on the cross for us when he died. He lived a perfect life before that, and then, and then he was humiliated. They put him on the cross. They nailed him. In between his wrists and his feet, naked, stabbed him in the side when they believed he had, he had actually suffocated in his own uh, fluids because he couldn't breathe the way they had um, set him up on the cross. He loved you that much that he died a horrific humiliating death so that you have an opportunity to be one with him to have hope in him that no matter what terrible things go on in your life no matter how much tragedy you experience that you will always have that hope from him through him that you have eternity in heaven after this time on earth. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So grateful that he chose me and he chose you if you're listening and you're not sure if you have that relationship with him, I'll give you an opportunity at the end. Unconditional love. Some people might question, how, 
how does he love me? I've been through all of these horrible things. Well, I believe, and I believe it says in the scriptures as well, that he allows us to go through challenging circumstances to be tested, to strengthen us, to stretch our faith. In James 1, it speaks very specifically that if you're persecuted for his name's sake, to consider it pure joy. Um, He's sending me to that book, but a different chapter. It's in the New Testament if you want to join me in the book of James. Chapter 3, verse 5. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Two kinds of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest. Of righteousness. Isn't it beautiful that we can learn from him to tame our tongue? We can promote peace. And it says right there in James three seventeen or three eighteen, but peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. He's sending me back to John 14, 9. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? His unconditional love is revealed to those he chooses to reveal himself to. He says in the scriptures that his children recognize his voice. They're able to distinguish that still, small, quiet voice. 
in a world of chaos. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I believe so. <clears throat> Father, I thank you and I praise you for guiding this this sermon. This unplanned sermon. You do this often, Father. And it's always it's always good stuff because it comes straight from the source. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for guiding my lips, guiding my mind, removing anything that might be impure to distract or to cause division among your people, Father. Thank you and I praise you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, he wants me to talk about football. What about football, Father? I had met a previous NFL player um, digitally through the power of social media. One of my connections that was actually a guest on my podcast that works as a consultant in corporate America had interviewed him and I was impressed with this story and some things we had in alignment and so I had connected and this was early 2021 and we had a phone call and in the very first phone call. This is unconditional love of the Father, I believe. And also, um, if you read in Psalms um, chapter 18, and I'll actually get it out here in a second, just putting on some of my foundation here. There are promises, victories for descendants of King David, which I believe is just the coolest thing because it's nothing I can control. I am a descendant of King David who slayed Goliath. All right, I'm going to go to Psalms for you. I was just reading it this morning. They have this, this really cool way to read the Psalms in a month that my mom taught me. You start with the day of the month, and then you uh, read that one, and then you add 30 to that, and you read that one, and then you add 30 until you can't uh, read any more of them. You usually read about four or five psalms. I think it's, yeah, I think it's five psalms in a day. There are approximately 30 days in a month. There are 150 psalms, so therefore you read the entire book in a month of 30 days, and except for February. Um, because it's got shorter amount of days. So, towards the end of Psalm 18, I think it's the last verse. Yes, verse 50. He gives his king victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. And I believe that was, that was the psalm that David wrote. 
for the director of music of David, the servant of the Lord. He sang to the Lord. Yep. So that was one that he wrote. He didn't write all of them. He wrote many of them. And I just thought that was the neatest thing. Wow. Wow. That is, that's the favor of the Father. I am a nobody. I'm just, an, I'm a human being just like you. And the Father had assigned me this, this mission, this assignment to help people with depression worldwide. In 2018, it was like maybe March or April. It was before I moved across the nation. And less than three years later, I'm having a conversation with a previous NFL player. And what does he say to me? He says, I'm impressed. I told him a little bit about my story and that I had created Move Happy originally in a psychiatric hospital. I said, I, I was honest with him. I said, the, uh, I said, I don't mean to be rude, but the fitness equipment and the programming sucked. It was, it was facilitated from people that were barely making money and they didn't have the degree in health and fitness that I had, and they didn't have the master's degree in exercise and sports psychology that I had. They didn't have the background in uh, creative arts that I have in creating songs and choreography and having to do curriculum, um, having to create fitness programs for students preschool all the way through adults uh, up to 84 years old without any budget. Um, I've had to be extremely resourceful and they didn't they didn't have those kinds of experiences I would have lost my job as a school teacher when I was evaluated every year you get evaluated randomly from your principal and if my lessons weren't in alignment with with the learning targets um, assigned from the state and whatnot if they decided that they didn't like my lessons and then it wasn't in alignment then I could lose my job so I was very motivated to do excellent work, and it's also a part of my faith system. At this psych hospital where Move Happy was first developed, they didn't have those same standards that I had. And their pay was pretty crappy. It was run by the state, and they had the least amount of budget they had even less, and I didn't know that till I worked there. They had even less money than uh, school districts had uh, in regards to funding from the state and the government. So when I first started working there, I was motivated to be creative. And I needed to get my mind off of my pain. And that's what I told this former NFL athlete, Reggie Walker. I told him that. I said, I desired to do something good for them. They were so kind to me when my dad died. 
My dad died my third day with patience. And the staff and my patients were so nice to me. I had, uh, on a recorded line, I had to call out and say the reasoning so that they could appropriately mark it and let the team know. Well, I didn't realize that anyone had access to that recording that worked there. And many of my colleagues had access to it because they wanted to know who was going to be out so they could properly prepare for um, coverage and just, you know, be in the know, be aware. So they started talking about it. And I, you know, I cried on the recording. I said, my dad died and I'm going to be with my mom and help her with the funeral arrangements. And so after that, um, recording, that's when everybody started checking in on me, you know, fist bumping, give me a side hug. Hey, just want you to know that, um, I lost my parent too. And I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. That was what some of my patients said to me in October of 2016. And it was the best environment to be in in the worst situation to losing a parent. And uh, it was a trifecta year. I had, my divorce had finalized a couple months before that. It was a very, very tough year. So I shared with him that it was, I felt like I owed it to them, my patients and the staff because they were so nice to me. They allowed me to ease into my job. Nothing was nothing was uh, too difficult. The pace was just right. And so I told him, I said, um, I got to visit. Um, there was this other building I got to visit and see the workout room, and it was three machines, and one of them had, like, the leather was, like, torn out of it and cracked. If you sat in it, it pinched your leg. And one of the other ones was just really old from like the 70s or 80s. And really, quite frankly, dangerous equipment to use. Probably not. Should have not been used. So I, that was all. And that was it. And they had to have a certain level to have permission to leave the building to then go and access this equipment. So it wouldn't be for all patients. So, and I saw the program that they were doing um in in our hall for the patients and and it just it wasn't to the caliber the standards that I have and so I asked my boss and she was supportive of me creating a program for the patients uh, to combine both uh, movement exercise uh, minimal equipment as well as journaling and using positive psychology prompts and whatnot and this was something completely new out of the box combining the two domains with the intention to help the hospital um, create a program that could be cyclical for them to use on and on and on for patients and uh, without you know any added cost and for the patients to have a positive intrinsic experience around exercise and movement and journaling so that they would want to continue doing both when they exited the hospital. It was a win-win.
My intention was to help provide a positive experience around exercise for the patients so that they would have an intrinsic desire to want to continue moving their bodies because it is a very powerful tool for your mental health. And when I told him that, Reggie said, wow, thank you for doing that. He, and then he opened up to me that he was a patient in a psychiatric hospital and he's openly shared this on recordings and whatnot. He uh, had struggled. He had survived a childhood sexual abuse. He also shared that publicly. Um, that was how I first heard about him and his story. And that was why I was drawn to his story because of what I have experienced in my life and what the father has allowed me to overcome. Similar to Joyce Meyer's story, only my abuser wasn't. My father was my eldest sibling, and I have since forgiven him. Uh, ironically, grew up in a Christian household. It can happen anywhere, and it is a form of PTSD. It can cause, it is trauma. It is wrong to harm children and whatnot, and, and I believe the father connected him to me because of his story. And when I shared with him, you know, what I had done for these patients that were strangers to me, essentially, he loved it. And he said, I love your heart. I love your passion. And I know firsthand about the programming at hospitals because I've been there. So thank you for making it better where you lived, where you worked. He said, I am working on a very important project and I'm good with extremely good athletes, but what I'm not good with is beginners. And you mentioned that your program was for mainly patients in a hospital setting, so I imagine they were pretty sedentary. I said, yes, I, I worked with what I had. And he said, well, I'm working with ESPN and uh, Forbes, and we're working on getting programming for middle schoolers that are stuck on the couch playing video games, getting them motivated to get up off their butts and exercise. And we're doing it, we're designing a game, a program for them. I said, cool. He said, I'd like for you to be a part of this project. That was my first phone call with Reggie Walker. I said, great. I'd love to be a part of it, you know, if you want me to be a consultant, you want me to be uh, program designer, curriculum designer. I said, I've done all of that. I haven't worked on video games before, but I, essentially uh, the ideas part I've done. And it didn't work out uh, for this reason or another. Um, but I did have that phone call with him in my former business partner's home, Nicole Burney, who at that time was active duty in the Army. And she was in her, she told me her last year when she was going to be retiring. Her husband had just retired the year before that after serving 24 years. And she was with me, standing by me when I was on the call with him. And when I had the call with my lawyer minutes before that, finding out if I needed to have her on the call because of the opportunity. And she said, um, find out if P 
paperwork is going to be signed. If it is, then I'll hop on the call with you. Otherwise, I want to save you some money. So I'm not charging you hours unnecessarily and whatnot. And unfortunately, in 2021, what I didn't know was that there was a three-year contract that was signed in October of 2020 after I had found out I was in the nominations for Global Mental Health Ambassadorship. And this uh, evil dark group called the Illuminati Deep State, CCP, whatever you want to call them, I'm certain many of them are in all three categories, and they wanted me to join their cult so bad, and when I refused and kept on refusing, and they pretended to be minister of my faith to get me to join their evil cult, and I still refused. They paid the top security man on President Biden's team to have me killed. The president of the Blackwater alumni group that is supposed to be defunded, Jason Johnson, founder of Project Canine Hero. He had sent me for protections and told them he was having me killed because they rigged this competition and they wanted to make sure that I couldn't win it. But the father assigned it to me and I'm a descendant of King David and nobody harms his children without his permission. So they turned down uh, the opportunity someone reached out, I imagine, to Reggie's connection. We had a nether call, uh, which was a video chat, where I met the other NFL player that had invited him to be a part of the project. And uh, shortly after that, it fizzled out for this reason or that reason. And a lot of people that refused to join the Illuminati Deep State were turned down on business opportunities because they are a cult. They are a very powerful, financially powerful gang. And if you don't join their group, if you don't do something to incriminate yourself, they block you from making money. It's the truth, but it's okay. It's perfectly fine because the father is the source of all things. And if he decides he desires for me to be a part of something, if he decides, you know, Aaron, I want you to do this or that, then I do it and I'm obedient. He's humbled me. Um, late last year, I was humbled very greatly in that I had experienced a car accident that I had survived um, in July But it had it wasn't my fault, and the other person admitted full fault, and we both were fully insured. It had cost me my job, and it had cost me uh, I didn't get any medical treatment. They refused to pay even my X-ray deductible fifty dollar bill, refusing to help me and wanting to offer me a five hundred dollar settlement when they cost me my job and forced me actually into homelessness. I was homeless for a little while. Luckily, I've got friends that care about me and wouldn't let me sleep outside in my car. And I've been humbled greatly, and I'm married. My husband protects someone very top level. 
He never told me who he worked for, but I believe he protects President Trump because the man that sent me to him in October 2020 worked for Biden, had just gotten sworn into his position and tried to use me as a spy to get information. Threatened my nonprofit business partner, Nicole Burney, to disassociate from me. Just spraying my spray to make my makeup last forever. <laughs> and uh, I laugh because it's not funny. I laugh because it's a, very much a coping mechanism for me. It's been insane what I've had to experience through the worst competition ever. First in history, last in history. I have a lifetime assignment. We've got some people in the government that are there for a lifetime uh, that probably shouldn't be. A lot of people would agree to that. Uh, I will be keeping them accountable. Many of those people are not trustworthy at all. And uh, the father loves us even when we make mistakes, but those who habitually make mistakes, those who habitually choose to be unkind to others, he does not like. And uh, whew, you do not want to be on the side that God is not for you. Just put it that way. He takes care of his children. He protects his children. He provides for his children. And anyone that tries to harm his children, he he takes care of those people. You may or may not have heard. Maybe you care, maybe you don't. There's a new virus that is coming out of China. They have been testing it on mice. They've been putting human DNA in it. And it has a 100% kill rate. They're, I have no doubt they are going to um, ask people to start wearing masks again. I'm not going to do it. In my new position working as a contractor for the military, if I am told I have to wear a mask to keep my job or get a jab, I will not be working in that position. I will not be wearing a mask. That is against my faith system. You may choose or choose not to. Do something that is against your faith system. That is your right. If you're an American, you have the freedom of religion. And that means you have the freedom to apply the principles of your faith. In Ezekiel chapter 24, this is in the Old Testament, uh, verse 17, Groan quietly, do not mourn for the dead. Keep your turban fastened and your sandals on your feet. Do not cover the lower part of your face or eat the customary food of mourners. And it says it again um, later on to not 
cover, verse 22, and you will do as I have done. You will not cover the lower part of your face. So it says it twice in the same chapter. Um, those that are trying to get us to cover the lower part of our face, they are trying to get us to be like China because they have, they have been paid a lot of money through the CCP of China to take over America. They are traitors. And the Father loves many of us, but he does not love those that are harming people in private, that are uh, harming children in private. And so you're going to see a lot of <laughs> a lot of crimes being solved this year, a lot of truth being revealed this year. A lot of people that we thought were dead are actually in hiding and they're going to be eyewitnesses to the truth coming out this year. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. The Father has unconditional love for his children and we are very much in the end times. The Father has a message for you listening. I love you dearly, unconditionally. I remember the good you do. And when you ask for forgiveness, I forget all your wrongs and I never bring them up again. Don't you ever for one second think that I am reminding you of your faults. That is the enemy. Bind up the lies the enemy brings to you and bring it to my feet. He's giving me a verse in the New Testament. Ephesians. It's a couple books into the New Testament. After uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some of the apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until... We all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, when we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming, instead speaking the truth in love. 
we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Yes, Father, living as children of light. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ in that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful Excuse me, <clears throat> with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen. If you desire to receive this unconditional love that the Father has for you, and you're not sure or you know that you have never made this commitment before, it is uh, a free thing that he has for you. Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of salvation. I can't earn it or buy it, Father. I know you give it freely to those that believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. To those that recognize they are sinners. Father, I confess that I am a sinner and I need your help. Please come into my heart. Show me how to love others like you love me. I pray this in your heavenly name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you to the family. Your next step is to get plugged in to a Bible-based church, and you want to keep God first place. Can you ask, Father?
If this episode has done anything for you, the Father just asked me to have you donate to your local charity that you prefer. Reach out to them and donate whatever you feel so inclined to give. And if they ask why, then you say because I was encouraged to on the Move Happy Movement podcast by Aaron Nicole. I appreciate it. Anything else, Father? Peace as the Lord bless you and keep you. There's a scripture, I think, in the Old Testament, if I'm remembering correctly, in Numbers, I think. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Don't forget to tell someone you love that today. And we'll see you next time.